Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. This month we've been hitting on these promises of God and this theme of this month has been signed, sealed, delivered. Stevie Wonder's songs, but God's eternal promises that we are signed, sealed, delivered. And we've been gleaning this truth that from the early chapters of Colossians, uh, you know, two weeks ago we covered that we have been delivered. We've been delivered out of the darkness into the light, out of the old ways into God's ways. Uh, And then last week we heard from Dad that uh, we've heard uh, the mysteries of God and this precious gift of the Holy Spirit that was once sealed, but that now we can have sealed within us. So we've had Stevie Wonder on Rewind. Um, it's actually been delivered, sealed, and now this morning is signed. Well done. Congratulations. Um, this morning, the thought is around being signed into God's kingdom or God's Fano, God's family, through the sacrifice of Jesus. Like the signing of a contract or a marriage certificate, but on this massive, huge, divine scale. I just thought, do you want to just take one minute to turn to the person next to you and say, maybe what you think being signed into God's family means? One minute. One minute, go. All right, your minute's up. Could we just hear a little bit of feedback? Was there any sort of really wise-sounding biblical answers? What does it mean? People are just, I've just got people shaking their head. Okay, well, this is good. Then we've got something we're talk, needing to talk about. Okay, anything? Eternal life, yep. Freedom, everything. It's a pledge. Peace, did I hear? Yep. No going back. Permanent in his family, yeah, cool. Well, hey, like, um, like we should, we need to turn to the scripture to, to find God's answers. And we're in Colossians um, this, this month through the sign, sealed, delivered thing. And just to refresh, if, while you're turning to Colossians, um, we're going to still be sort of hovering over one and two uh, in Colossians. But just to refresh us that Paul is writing this book to the people in, is it Colossae, do you say it like that? Um, which is this kind of quite busy city, um, which has got people coming and going. It's a full-on place of meeting of different worlds, of, of different cultures, and particularly a lot of different religions sort of pressuring in on this place. And he's actually, he's actually never met uh, this church. He's in prison. He's just heard an account of their faithfulness, and he's writing to these people. And there's, there's this real keenness for this church in Colossae to get an understanding of how massive Jesus is. Because there's all these religions wanting to get a foothold in this place. And he's saying, he's urging them to realize um, and get cognizant of the supremacy of Christ. Okay, So if you come with me to Colossians 1, let's just reestablish, uh, picking up in verse um, it's 15, I think. Uh, this is... 
Let's reestablish who Jesus is in our minds and in our lives. The Son is the image of the invisible God, this is NIV, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile Himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross." 21. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Pretty amazing. Then jumping down uh, to chapter 2 and Hopping on down to verse 6, we read of all this stuff about this powerful Jesus, that Jesus has signed the check, that Jesus has put his name on us, that he has signed the guarantee of our debt. Verse 6 in chapter 2, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental, the lowly spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. Can you hear what he's saying into this context? For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised. Really briefly, he's saying this whole Jewish tradition of being clean through this thing of circumcision, there's a spiritual thing in that he has made you clean. Okay? He has made you clean. Um. Ruled by the flesh, oh, read that Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. We're getting to the clincher here. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Just that last little chunk again, he forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. What a powerful scripture, yeah? 
that Jesus has paid the price. The scripture speaks to the truth that the laws of the Torah, the laws of God, the commandments, the laws of Moses are impossible to live up to. Impossible. That when it comes to the ways of God, the laws that had gone before, when it comes to God's standard, we are so, so, so far short. The sin that is within us means that we are never, ever good enough. Our best efforts are almost a joke compared with living up to God's ways. And that the penalty, this is the bad news, and that the penalty of not being above the strict standard of the old covenant is death. That our very lives and our eternity is in debt and that we are condemned. But the story is not finished. The story is not finished. Because Big Daddy, he's got a checkbook. Okay? I'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, it's been field days week this week. And uh, as a kid growing up, uh, we just could not wait for the field days. Like rural kids, it just it seems strange for you maybe. I don't know. But like, it was just like, oh, it's June. It's field days week. It's field days. Um, and it was like, for rural kids, it's like bigger than Christmas. It's bigger than being here. And... Um, We'd go, out, we'd go out with Dad, and basically we'd have to run to keep up with how fast he walks. He's slowed down a bit now, but Dad just like power walks everywhere, um, always has. We used to call him Running Murray because he just runs between machinery. Um, and we'd have to basically be power walking to keep up with him until he bumped into someone he knew, and then it's like 15 minutes of like, <gasps> just standing there and you're getting cramped because you've just been running you know and then you're stopping running stopping running stopping not good for your muscles um and so this was the this was the challenge of going to the field days as a kid your legs are like you know one point nothing high and um he's he's just he's just near on you know power walking in the olympics getting the hip swaying and um we were reflecting on this a couple of weeks ago with the, with my brothers and the fact that um and I'm going to bring this around, okay? Dad used to have this checkbook, and it used to be really quite chunky. They used to give him big, back when no transactions were really online. And he'd have it hanging out of his back pocket as he walked really fast, and it was sort of bouncing around. And he'd walk into a stall, and there'd just be like salesmen just like, Woof, you know, like, he's got a flapping checkbook. <laughs> and and I, remember, I remember there'd be times where we'd buy something like a, you know, an attachment for a loader or something, and Dad would whip out the checkbook, and at the field days, writing this thing out, you know, and you know, and then ripping it out gently and handing it over to the... It's just crazy now um, to think of it. And, um, yeah, it was kind of crazy, and it was, like, cool, like, has, you know, has there been a good payout? Has Dad got the flapping checkbook this year, or are we in Poverty Street and just buying a coffee and a, and a burger? Um, you never know with farming. But um, we kind of... Um, yeah, we kind of had these days where we were nearly having to run as fast as an Ethiopian to keep up. And, uh, and we're, we're there for the, for the checks being signed. And a bit like my earthly father would go before us and pay the price, on a spiritual level, our heavenly father has gone before and he has paid the price. He has paid the debt. He has paid off the condemnation, the curse, the cloak of sin, and he has paid it with the sacrifice of Jesus. Now, I'm a bit of a visual guy here, and I thought, um, without trying to turn this into a youth group talk, I thought we'd get a bit of a visual aid here, and I actually need some volunteers. Um, I'm thinking Nathan and Izzy, come on up, and give them a hand. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And does um, anyone want to nominate themselves that they've got the gifting of calligraphy? No? Iris? Yeah, okay, Iris, let's go. Off you go. All right, so um, does she not want to do it? You don't have to do it. She's coming. Okay, come on, Iris. Okay. All right, so I just want to illustrate the point that Jesus has paid the price, and these guys here are going to hold up um, a check that I've made out of lino, okay? We've got a check here, and uh, I've got a pen for you, Iris. Okay, and you might need to go over there because we're going to just start filling in a few things on this giant check. Um, I made it this morning. Do you guys like it? Yeah. It's pretty cool, eh? Just a few, few things that you'd... What's that? Hold it up higher. Okay, just a few things. Uh, that instead of having the Westpac or the BNZ logo, we've got a crown. Okay, we've got the address is One God's Throne Place, Heaven. Hey, you like that? Uh, running up the side, it says Kingdom of Heaven, not limited. You know how it's always limited. Uh, oh, here we have it too. Kingdom of Heaven, not limited. Um, he has taken full liability. He ain't getting out of this, okay? He's taken full liability. So we just need to fill in a few things, Iris. Up on the date there, we need to put in 2033 AD. This is when this payment has been made, 2033 AD. This is 1,986 years ago. This check was made out. Okay. Uh, on the next, uh, yes, we need it over here as well. Yep, we better have the same. So that's the check button down the side for anyone who's under 35. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It should be 33, but anyway, okay, it should be the year 33 AD. Okay, sorry, sorry people. Um, you just crossed it out and initial it, we better initial it. Yep, okay, she's done it, Iris Mary, okay. Yep. Okay, and then over in the, in the two, two column, uh, we need to have all of humanity, okay. All of humanity. Nice. And, and, and the payment here is um, all of those who love the Lord. <laughs> she's, she's not wanting this check to bounce. She's, she's wanting good. Okay. All of those, all those who love the Lord. In the four column over on the check, but we need to have the payment of penalty. Four. Over here we need to have payment of penalty. Do you know the infinite sign? It's like an eight on its side. The sum of, it's the infinite value of Jesus. I can do it for you if you like. It looks like this when you talk about infinity. So the infinite value of Jesus. The infinite value of Jesus. And the payment here in this check we need to have Jesus' blood. It's the sacrifice of Jesus was what the cost was. And we need to have that here. Jesus' blood. And I just want to change Iris over to a red pen to sign this bottom here. And she can come up with a signature on the bottom line here for the signature for Jesus Christ. And the red resembles the fact that it was the blood of Jesus that actually signed for the payment. Awesome. Should we give them a hand?
our freedom, our freedom all those years ago, 1,986 years ago, was paid in full with the blood of Jesus. And he signed it with his blood. He signed it with his sacrifice. Chapter 2, verse 13 says, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness. This is this one over here. The payment, it's, it's for the payment of penalty. Okay? Our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away and he's nailed it to the cross. Jesus has signed the check. He has paid the price with his blood sacrifice. Which, by the way, just side note, uh, a blood sacrifice was a part of the Jewish system. It was part of the Jewish culture that that was needed as a bringing of uh, an innocent and your, your best to be sacrificed, usually an animal, um, to be worthy. Okay, And God's saying, I'm bringing my best, my innocent Son, Jesus, to make you worthy. He has paid the price. He has paid the price. Does it say, this is a little bit of a tricky question, does it say that he has nailed our sins to the cross? No. It doesn't. Not quite. Jesus doesn't remove the law, the this is right, this is wrong. He doesn't remove the law. He doesn't say, don't worry about your sins. In fact, Romans 9 says, Romans 9, which is in the New Covenant, says that the law is holy and just. The law still stands, right? Basically, the law still stands of what is true and righteous and fair. In this powerful verse, it says that the things, the sin we have done, has actually brought a charge against us. And has condemned us. The sin that's within us has condemned us. He doesn't take away the sin. The sin's still in me. The sin's still in you. He hasn't taken away the sin. But what he can take away is the penalty. So let's call it that we've got an arrest warrant, okay? Or we've got an eternal fine. That the sin that's within us has meant that we've got this massive fine that we cannot pay. We are condemned. And this scripture says that he has paid the fine, he has signed it with his blood. He has taken that away. He hasn't taken the sin away, he's taken away the punishment. He's taken away the arrest warrant or the eternal fine. And he hasn't changed the law. He hasn't changed the commandments. He hasn't overlooked our sin. He hasn't nailed our sins to the cross, which some people can say, oh, I can carry on sinning. He's, he's nailed my sins to the cross. I'm just in this place of grace and I can just keep on doing my thing. Uh-uh. The law is the law and, it's, and we need to be holy and just as much as we can. But the truth is we can't fully be that. And we have to look to the God who sent his son to pay the payment, to pay the price. He has nailed the arrest warrant, the eternal fine. He has nailed the penalty to the cross. I've got a stamp here, and um, I don't know, someone can go around. Luca, maybe you want to go around and start putting some paid stamps. Who ever thought that admin could have so many biblical parallels, eh? You know, like, who, you can put it on people's hands. There's a red paid stamp. He's paid. Jesus has paid. He has paid the price. He has paid off your massive fine. When I got a speeding ticket last year, 
for going too fast up past the fruit shop, heading north for a job. And I got the fine and got pulled over by the cop. I couldn't say, I've got this ginormous check from Jesus, okay? I've got this big check. I've rolled it out. Here, here, have it, mate. Good afternoon, uh, good afternoon, constable. You know, whatever that, good afternoon, constable. Um, here's, here's the check. I can't do that. But with Jesus, but with Jesus, this eternal, massive fine, we can say, hey, we're paid. We can all get ink poisoning together. This is what Luke's doing. Luke is doing. Well, you're paid. If you go out and you haven't paid, you need to come up for prayer, okay? If you haven't got a paid stamp. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> if you haven't accepted that Jesus paid for your sins, you need to come for prayer, okay? <laughs> um, if you've ever heard people speaking of the fact that the old law doesn't apply, that Jesus did away with the old law, whoa, be careful, okay? That is a half-truth. Jesus took the punishment upon himself to remove the penalty of the law. In dying on the cross, he signed his name and the arrest warrant of all who had been and was to come. That's the paid stamp. When we hear this verse, we maybe imagine in our mind's eye this plaque up above Jesus' head with our sins nailed to it. There'd be like a massive plaque, eh? Just the whole of Golgotha's, everyone's sin, trying to be... <laughs> we maybe in our mind's eye think of this plaque of our sins being nailed up there. But Scripture says that the plaque above Jesus' head simply read, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth King of the Jews. Now normally someone who was crucified would have a list of their transgressions nailed up there. So that all these people who would arrive at Golgotha for the theatre, the sick theatre of watching this happen, would know, oh, that guy stole a donkey. This person um, committed adultery, whatever. That would be up there. But there was no great list above Jesus. And Pilate, who sentenced Jesus and who scholars think would have written the plaque, summed it up. He said, he was the king without fault. Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, king of the Jews. So what are we to have in our mind's eye when we read that he has taken away and nailed it to the cross? What are we to think about when, he, when we read that in Colossians? And can I suggest that the nailing is referring to Jesus himself? That that stuff, that penalty, that sickness was actually nailed in his hands and his feet. He embodied the list of transgressions. He embodied the list and it was nailed with him. So where does that leave us in Aotearoa, in Huntley, on June the 16th, 2019? Where does that leave us? If we truly start to own this truth, we say, my life, as far as it depends on me, will not be lived in sin. As far as it depends on me, I will try. Thank you. I, I better have one too, otherwise I'll need prayer. Thank you. There's, there's the little lid there. Might have to buy a new one. You've used all the ink, people. That's good. That's good. Yeah, his ink never runs out. Thanks, Anna. Just analogies coming left, right, and center, eh? Man, we're the, the sermon dream team right here. Um, where does that leave us? 
as far as it depends on us, we need to step up. We need to live righteously. But we need to also realize that it isn't about us striving. It isn't about us constantly trying to do this or, oh, I'm not worthy to do this or whatever. God has paid the arrest warrant in advance and with it comes freedom. We sung a song about freedom. There was prayers about freedom. With it comes freedom. And we can learn to live in freedom and we can have the freedom of Christ. We can learn to live out John 10.10 that says, Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. Yes, and we can tell all of our faces right now that we can have life and life in abundance, right? It's a bit hard to tell our face, eh? We need to. We need to get up and say we can have John 10.10, this promise that we can have Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. A bit like when I was 18 and, and my mate, who was a poor student driving around in a Toyota Corona um, that was rusty, but that he kept impeccably clean. And he had a sticker on the back saying, take pride in your ride, by the by. Anyway, a bit like when we were 18 and he would go to his dad's work and get a full tank of gas. And it was like, freedom. What are we going to do with this full tank of gas? Let's go to Raglan. Let's go to Tauranga. Let's go to Auckland. You know, we were just traveling around. It was like, we've got a full tank of gas and a Corona. We're going to get a thousand Ks in, you know. What, what sort of freedom that brought? When we see that we can be alive in Christ, it's like having a full tank. We've got, we're good to go. We can have freedom to dream Freedom to create, to give, to not worry about hoarding what we've got, that we can just give it away. We can have freedom to experience things, to step out, to try things and be open that that's going to maybe fail. We can have freedom to live with more purpose. We can have freedom to invite God's presence in our life and be in more of a partnership with God rather than having this slave mindset of, oh, I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing that right. We actually need to embrace God into our life. And the more that we bring him into our life, the less all of that stuff becomes a focus because we're actually free to live in him. I mean, I think we can get the freedom thing wrong. Um, we can quickly forget that it was actually God that brought the freedom and we can kind of let the freedom be about us. We can overdo the freedom. There's a little bit of a video here that Samuel's got for us um, of someone sort of overdoing the freedom. Just watch someone overdoing his freedom. Took, takes the seat of the old man, for starters. <laughs> All right, that was it. That was it. We can can it there. I hope. <laughs> yeah. I hope you appreciated that. I just loved it, sort of the, in front of your face. Poor thing. See, we can overdo the freedom thing, right? But freedom in Christ is a privilege. And when we own it, we can let it change our countenance, the countenance of our spirit. It can change our interactions and show the character and joy of God. Does that sound good? That it can change us? So how do we lavishly live in freedom? How do we lavishly live in freedom Signed by the blood of Jesus. 
What does freedom in Christ look like? I just got three points if you're taking notes of what freedom can mean, what freedom in Christ can mean. Freedom in Christ means taking captive our worries. Freedom in Christ can mean we can stop with as much worrying, okay? Now, some of you are like, well, that's really hard. I've got so much going on. There's so much worry. You don't know what I'm talking about, Aaron. Steve Hansen, the All Blacks coach, says, running into the 2015 World Cup, yeah, you can't really worry about things. Worry's a wasted emotion. <laughs> it's pretty good, Steve. It's pretty true. Worry is a wasted emotion. We can worry about things that don't come to pass. We can worry about things that are going on that we just need to invite God into. We can worry about all sorts of things. But hey, worry and fear and anxiousness is a very, very human thing. It seems worry and anxiousness is perhaps becoming more and more overpowering in our high-paced world. I feel like it's on an increase, that there's just this anxiety and fear and worries about things and everything has to work and we have to work so hard to hit what it takes to pay for things and sort things in our lives and have you know, the debt down and all these sorts of things. It's on the increase. There's a do you know there's actually a direct correlation between the affluence, the richness of a country, and its level of mental health and anxiety? It seems that the more we have, the more we worry. Does that make sense? Perhaps we have so many different marketed ideals of what we should have and what we should be doing that we have to live up to a certain way of doing things and we're actually running ourselves into the ground and we're having worry overtake us, and we're captive by our fears rather than taking our fears captive. But when we start to see that eternity is secure, he's paid it all those years ago. He's paid the price. When our eternity is secure, that he cares for the smallest detail, we can realize that Jesus hung on the cross, and as the sky turned dark, he went through the torment and became broken for us. He was broken so that we didn't have to be, and we do not have to live in fear. We do not have to worry. I could bring up all the scriptures on that, but you know they're there. That we can you know, embrace Jesus and invite him into our life, and we don't have to live in fear. This is the freedom that living in Christ brings. We need to let that soak in that he has done it all, that he will provide, and we need to lay down our fears and our worries and step into his freedom. Yes? Number two, they're like a muscle. A spiritual gift is like a muscle. The more you use it, the more you work them, the better they become. Otherwise, they can wither away. And the main reason why people, in my opinion, don't use their spiritual giftings is I believe I've seen people not stepping out is that they, they think that they are operating in a place where they can't use their giftings because of their sin. That I'm just, you know, I'm just doing this and I'm up to all this sort of stuff and you know, oh, you, get, give, you give someone an opportunity and they say, oh, no, that's not really for me. The main reason, I think, is that people think that that sin is the reason they can't use their giftings. You look through Scripture and you'll find that people, while in sin, God asks to do things and step up and use their giftings. And as they let more of their light, of God's light, into their life, the darkness shrunk. You can't, you can't focus on your sin 
and then step into this holiness. You need to focus on the holiness and use your giftings, and that diminishes the darkness in your life. So being free in Christ means that we are to use our spiritual gifts. Maybe you need to come and ask with prayer this morning that your spiritual gifts will be revealed to you. Some of you maybe need to rekindle some spiritual gifts you know that you have but you're not using. Others of you maybe need to start using your spiritual gifts. But freedom in Christ means that we can actually use that stuff and step out. God gave us a great gift in these, in these spiritual gifts and we are to step into freedom and realize he's a good father that wants to see us grow. Okay? Number three, and we covered a bit of this last week, well, a lot of it in detail, but freedom in Christ means embracing the Holy Spirit into our days. Uh, for those of you who don't know, most of you will, but there was a, a veil that was between the Holy of Holies and the temple in Jerusalem and everyone else. There was a divide that people couldn't get into access the Spirit of God before Jesus. Okay? That temple was the, the place, and before that it had been carried around, this Holy of Holies. Okay, The last verse in this chapter that we're looking in, the last verse in 15, Colossians 2, chapter 15, says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. What I take that to mean, you can come and correct me if I'm wrong, what I take that to mean is as he was hanging down there on the cross, the sky turned dark, it cried out, he cried out, it is finished, and then the veil was torn, one meter thick veil in the temple was torn, the Holy Spirit was accessible to all people, and while he's on the cross in the center town at Golgotha, in the temple, the Holy of Holies is being opened up, okay? He disarmed the powers and authorities and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So when we see that, the, that we can have the freedom of Christ, we need to realize that that freedom means, a part of that is that the Holy Spirit is available to us in our days through Jesus. Jesus hung on the cross, he died, he paid the price, and what he has carried forward, we could have actually chucked here, balance carried forward, okay, in the bottom column, what he's carried forward, what he's left with us is the Holy Spirit to invite into our lives. How many of you invite the Holy Spirit? I won't, you don't have to put out your hands. How many of you invite the Holy Spirit into your days? That God would lead us, that he would be with us, that he would help us, that he would show us things to say to people or think about. How many of us do that? Guilty as charged. <laughs> I need a check. <laughs> How many of us do that? But freedom in Christ means that God's Spirit is available. He has disarmed the powers and authorities. He's made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The, the veil is torn. The Holy Spirit is accessible. So in closing, may we see that Christ is supreme, that he holds all things together. And may we see that he has paid the ransom through the sacrifice he has paid, the penalty that brings freedom Freedom in this life and blessed assurance of freedom in the life to come in heaven. May we see that this freedom means we don't have to live in fear. That we see that this freedom means we can live out our God-given purpose. We don't have to worry. We don't have to live in fear. We can live out our God-given purpose. We can use our giftings. And may we see 
God's Holy Spirit, His wairua tapu, can be in our days. It is available through what Jesus has done, what He has paid. May we see that God wants to bring freedom to us for what He sees is ahead of us. And He is wanting to connect with us. May we see that. Let's pray. God, we thank you for uh, this awesome couple of chapters in Colossians, the sign sealed delivered. And we thank you for the fact that you have signed us up. You have signed us into your ways. You've signed us into your kingdom and you've paid for that curse. You've paid for that condemnation. You've paid it in full with your blood, Jesus. And that that brings freedom. Freedom to not have fear, Freedom to step into you and live more in, in what you're calling us to than focusing on our sin. And freedom to realize that your spirit can be with us. We pray that we would have an understanding of that this morning. And as we walk out from this place, we would step into freedom with our paid stamp on our hands. That we would realize that your blood, the red blood that's on those letters, that paid stamp, that we would walk out of this place and go, God, you have paid the penalty I can live in freedom, not to be stupid. God shall not be mocked. We reap what we sow. But God, that, that we can walk in freedom and know that you are our focus, that the freedom that you give can change our life and change the world around us. We ask you to go before us, be amongst us, uh, be with those who couldn't be here this morning. I pray you'd, you'd be uh, leading us along and growing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.